When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to yet another episode of Panic Chamber brought to you by Grindhouse. You are entering the Panic Chamber brought to you by Grindhouse. Vintage movie tees and hoodies. That's right. That's right. We're here for yet another episode of Panic Chamber, week number three. We're going over the list of, of wonderful names you see on screen right here. People you are panicking on walking into week number three. Who should you panic on? And which one of your reactions are a knee-jerk reaction? We're going to break all that down and more of the Fantasy Football Show. It begins right now. This is the Fantasy Football Show with your host, Smitty. Let's kick it off with Derrick Henry. I'd say the guy that people are panicking on most across the entire fantasy football industry walking into week number three. Derrick Henry is most certainly in the panic chamber. I think for everybody, even if you still think he can kind of come around. And if you think he can come around, you probably own him. I don't blame you for supporting your guy, being behind your guy. But let's look at the facts, okay? Because the facts do not look good. Derrick Henry's 28 years old. Being 28 is not the same as it used to be in terms of fantasy football running backs. It used to be 30 years old was the cutoff year. You enter age 30, you may not come out okay. You may. It might be your very last run into fantasy football greatness. And typically, you either fell off in the middle of your 30-year-old season or you had that one year left and then you dropped off the face of the earth in, in, at 31. That's no longer the case. We learned with Todd Gurley, 26-27 is that time frame. You literally could potentially be 27 and have a good year. But you're definitely teeter-tottering on that point. When you walk into a season at the age of 28 like Derrick Henry, you're literally going to either defy the odds and have one more good year or you're going to drop off the face of the earth. Now, he's still got a shot to maybe rebound for half of a year. Maybe he does really good in week number three. Think about Aaron Jones walking out of week one. Everyone panicked. Aaron Jones, I can't believe I spent a a mid-second round pick on him. A.J. Dillon's the number one running back in Green Bay. They don't even know how to use Aaron Jones. Everybody was freaking out, panicking, and there was reason to panic, okay? They didn't use him right in week one. Green Bay had to use him like a wide receiver, the most trusted weapon all over the field to have success post-Devante Adams getting traded to the Raiders. They didn't use him right in week one. It looked like they didn't know what they were doing. Week number two comes rolling along and out comes Aaron Jones. The Aaron Jones everybody expected when they drafted him in the second round. So keep in mind how quickly things can change. Derrick Henry could come out and have 110 yards and two or three TDs in one game and people go, King Henry's back, oh my God. I can't believe you doubted him. And he could have another couple, two, three, four, five games. Remember, there's two reasons to doubt Derrick Henry right now. And walking into 2022, as I said all offseason long, two ways to look at his downfall. Two of them. If he plays well early on in the season, I said, he's going to break at some point during the year. He's going to fall off at some point during the year. The mileage is too great. The dude has rushed for over 900 carries 
in just the last 2.5 years. He's been in the league a long time. In just the last 2.5 seasons, he's run the ball over 900 times. To put that in perspective, Christian McCaffrey just in week two crossed the 800 carry mark on his career. He just in week number two in a season where we're not sure if Christian McCaffrey is going to make it one more year or not. He just crossed over the 800 mark for career carries in the NFL. Derrick Henry has 900 plus carries if you include the playoffs in the last 2.5 NFL seasons. Not even three whole NFL seasons, 2.5. He will likely break at some point during the 2022 season, even if he gets back on track in week three, four, five. So if you own him and he pops off in week number three, you could ride the wave a little bit. But my my advice, just like it was last year, don't even go near, don't even whiff double-digit weeks without getting Henry off your roster for a safer vehicle. And if he's popping off, you'll have no problem doing that. If you wait and try to ride the wave into double-digit weeks, you're probably going to be left holding the bag, wishing you jumped a year early or a couple weeks early instead of feeling like you feel right now coming into week number three. That's if he rebounds. That's the, the one angle. The other angle is he'll never potentially be the same player coming off of that foot injury. We don't even know for sure if the plate was removed from his foot right now I assume the plate is in his foot he's 28 years old which means he's lost a step naturally he's just going to be a little slower than he was when he was younger and that's a bad thing for a guy that's as big as Derrick Henry everybody says oh my god but he's just built different Smitty that's a bad thing when you get to the end of your career and you lose a little bit of a step and you're a plotter anyway he plots in the backfield plots around and then finds a hole a big hole and he tramples through it and he tramples over people and once he picks up steam no one can take him down The problem is you lose a step in the NFL. You turn 28 years old. You have a foot injury, a plate in your foot. Doesn't matter how good you look running up a grassy hill. You can't get through that hole. You can't get free. You you can't get that momentum going that is so dangerous out in open field. Now, if he gets a wide open hole, he's going to scamper for 55, 60, 90 yards, 99 yards. He can do that on any given play. And that's what you got to hope for if you own him and you can't get rid of him. You got to hope that he breaks off some 70 or 80 yard run after averaging like three point four yards per carry for 15 16 carries and he breaks off that 70 yard run and gets you trade momentum a little wiggle room to then get rid of them and get into a safer vehicle so if you escape the downfall right now and the downfall happens near double digit weeks or week five week eight and he bounces back count yourself lucky and then start planning for a decline at some point during the season he's got over 900 carries in just 2.5 seasons he's run the ball over 400 times in a season which usually breaks a running back right then and there and they never return to form. He's had a 2,000-yard season which usually breaks a running back right then and there and they never return to form. He's had both of those, the 400-carry curse and the 2,000-yard curse. He has both of the biggest curses that break running backs and turn them into a historical character if he defies all of that. Now you got a new introduced problem. The Tennessee Titans have a horrible offense. They have no A.J. Brown anymore. They traded away A.J. Brown, which was the worst idea they could have ever come up with and now they got to stretch the field a different way and they don't know how they can't do it so derrick henry who's lost a step he's 28 years old he's got mileage for days that breaks anybody is now supposed to 
find this hole in an offense that isn't creating holes anymore, facing eight-man front after eight-man front. Henry's facing more stacked boxes than ever before. He struggled early on in his career. He struggled early on in his career hitting that hole when he couldn't beat out Deion Lewis and DeMarco Murray. Early on in his career, he learned how to get quicker to the hole. If he loses that, he goes back to that old form where he can't even get to an open field or open position to to dominate and use his physical size. The offense, the mileage, and he's 28. Those are three huge red flags that make me run for the hills. They made me run for the hills entering week one, entering June, July, August, but he was King Henry. Now, I'm missing on stuff too. I don't want anybody to be like, Smitty thinks he's right all the time. Look, I'm we're talking about a lot of guys that I was super high on walking into week one that are in this this bucket here. So we're starting off with one guy I might be right on so far, but guess what? We're getting to Burrow next. We're getting to Kyle Pitts. We're getting to, to Najee, who I now recommend you trade away. But there are a lot of players that are underperforming right now. We need to be careful not to overreact. But with Henry, we absolutely should be in panic mode. Henry, you are in the panic chamber, young man. Okay, so we talked about a guy I said stay away from. Good for me, pat on the back, whatever. Now let's get on to a guy that I said would blow up that's not blowing up because it's only fair, right? Joseph Cigar Smoking Burrow. Smitty, you're so funny. Now what, Smitty? Now what? Look, I, I wish I had... I wish I had better stats to give you walking out of week one and two. The only thing I can tell you is that if he doesn't get hurt, which is my biggest concern right now, that he's going to get hurt because the offensive line cannot block. It's supposed to be upgraded. It is not, or it, it doesn't appear to be right now. If he can escape injury, I do think there are some good takeaways here. Early on in the games when he struggled the most, he was seven out of 10. In week one, he had two INTs and he was seven out of 10. When everybody said he looked like a trash can, he was seven out of 10 with two INTs. It's been some bad luck, two bad matchups in a row. Things get better for Burrow moving forward. Burrow gets the New York football Jets in week number three. They're in New York, but this should be a bounce back performance that's going to put everybody at ease. And let's let's just bring Jamar Chase into the picture as well, because these two guys need to be talked about at the same time. They're both in the panic chamber. They're both uh, people you're worrying about. Although Jamar Chase did do good in week number one, had 100 yards and a touchdown. He had two opportunities to score again and didn't convert on those. So Burrow would have technically had four TDs and four INTs in week one and a 300-yard game. Had Jamar Chase pulled in those two other touchdown opportunities. I don't think Joe Burrow's four INTs would have would have made that much of a, a, a difference in people's mind. They would have said 300 yards, four TDs. I can live with the four INTs. It was a tough matchup, whatever. But the fact that he had two touchdowns, four INTs in a 300-yard game, people were freaking out. And, and they should have freaked out a little bit. Like, you know, it was a weird, you know, week one. Joe Burrow goes into week number two, struggles the whole game, ends up dropping ultimately 199 yards and a touchdown. No INTs, though. No INTs, which was good. So four INTs in week number one, two touchdowns, one touchdown and zero INTs in week two. But I think it's important to note that Joe Burrow is just getting pressured constantly, getting hit. I think he has more yards lost than Najee Harris has rushing yards on the year, which is a crazy stat. A crazy stat. So for me, yeah, I'm panicked. 
I'm more so panicked because of the offensive line. And because of that reason, I think I'm going to hit this button and close this panic chamber on the two guys I still go get. You can live inside the panic chamber and still be a go-get player in my book. And that's what we're looking at right here. I'm panicked because through two weeks, we don't have the numbers we want. These are moon men. These are players we called moon men. They're going to the moon. They live on the moon. And they're not delivering numbers that we expect of men of the moon of space monsters incorporated but i'm not panicking on the talent and i think if everything goes well in terms of blocking for this man joe burrow keeping him healthy which is a huge concern for me a concern that puts him in the panic chamber with the doors about to close but but i still feel like coming out of week three we're gonna feel a whole lot better about joe burrow and jamar chase and if if we don't feel good about it against the new york football jets we will have more of a reason to panic walking into week number four so for the moment joseph burrow please put your cigar out we don't want you catching fire inside the panic chamber burrow and jamar chase you are in the panic chamber young men but buy low while you can and i'm buying low on both of these guys in every league i can where i don't own them which is not a very very big number of leagues which is quite depressing through two weeks Kyle Pitts is in everybody's panic chamber right now, but mine. I'm I'm panicked in a way that the offense might not feed him what he needs or, or give him the opportunities he needs. Or that the coach even understands what he has in Kyle Pitts. That part is, is concerning. And for that reason, I'm tempted to close these doors. But again, with a, a label of go get him by low. But I don't believe in the end, through two weeks, we should be putting a guy that we drafted in the panic chamber and actually closing the doors on him. We drafted him in the third round, late third round, top of round four, coming off the best rookie tight end season we've ever seen. You're buying him dirt cheap. I'm not panicking. I panic if I own him because you paid top dollar, right? But if you're going in and buying him, you're going to grab him. You're not going to worry one single minute because this guy is going to be bought low. He's all upside. He's got top two to three tight end potential in 2020 two weeks three on so kyle pitts you are safe young man and go buy low anywhere you can you are safe alvin Kamara. it's time to panic because you have the off the field situation that i warned everyone about and i still warn everybody about that if that video leaks he's done people don't want to admit that but that's the the, the facts are the facts if if this video gets out we're going to see the same reaction we saw with ray rice his video leaked Cream Hunt, his video leaked. If Kamara's video leaks, he's done. And that's why even though his hearing was pushed back and everybody was told by Adam Schefter, it'll be okay. Your your Alvin Kamara shares will be okay because this trial cannot conclude until after the Super Bowl and the NFL is going to stay out of it until there's a determination. Well, that's wrong if the video gets released. And that's also wrong if he goes into court during the, the weekdays, goes uh, onto the football field during the weekends with this bad situation going on. They may put him on paid leave. All that said, if you factored in top of the third or mid third round value i actually like the value but no 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 coming off of adam schefter's tweet that maybe suspension won't be until 2023 everybody drafted him at 12 13 14 overall well guess what the rib injury kind of helped you the 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 slow start helped you because now you can come in swoop in and grab him at what probably equates to a round third round type of value in terms of draft 
capital, if you were to equate now value, trade value to draft capital, you're probably looking at what's like a third round player. That I'm okay with. I'm buying him, especially if you're hurting and you need to make a, a move and take a little bit of a gamble. If my team's 2-0 and or I'm 1-1 and and I just had a bad matchup in like week one or week two, but I love my team, I'm not going to go looking for Kamara, looking for trouble. But if my team's struggling, if I've got a Najee Harris who I don't trust and we'll get to him next, I'm going to probably trade into a Kamara, take on a different kind of risk, a risk I trust more than a Liz Frank injury that we didn't know about, a Liz Frank injury that may or may not have been re-injured because they don't tell us anything and I don't trust a word coming out of Pittsburgh in terms of injuries now that we are told all kinds of things about this thing late, which is garbage considering how invested fans are now in football, in NFL football. And back to Kyle Pitts when the coach says, I don't care about fantasy football. Well, guess what? That doesn't work anymore when your entire fan base plays on underdog fantasy. Use promo code SMITTY. They'll match up to $100 on your first deposit. And you can start a draft over right now, by the way. A draft over right now. Start over week 6 through 17. Why not do that? Why not? If your season feels like, uh, you know, I don't know if this is going to, if I'm going to have injuries all year. Why not go to Underdog Fantasy and start a draft right now for week 6 to week 17, knowing what you know now. Your, your season can start over right now if you want to have some additional peripheral fantasy football in the back burner, in the back pocket, so in case things don't go well. You'll be okay on Sundays. You'll be happy on Sundays. Go do it. Promo code SMITTY. Link is in the description. That'll attach the promo code. And again, they match up to $100 in your first deposit. Go go start a new draft right now. Back to reality, which is actually fantasy football. So maybe it's not reality, but... Alvin Kamara is a safer risk than Najee Harris. He's in the panic chamber because he's got the the rib injury, a couple other injuries apparently. Didn't play week number two because of them. He may have some week three risk. We'll find out probably in the morning after this airs or right when it airs and we'll have to do an emergency live stream on it, which is fine by me. It's my job. I work for you. But as of right now, I mean, there's panic, but I'm buying. So you are in the panic chamber, Camara, for the off the field situation, the, the ribs missing time, looking bad in week one. You're in the panic chamber for sure. But I'm still buying you, young man. Najee Harris, you can say, Smitty, he looked fine. It didn't look hampered, but I don't trust what's being told to me coming out of Pittsburgh. I just emphasized that a hundred times. I don't trust a a team reporting on this when they didn't tell us at all about his Liz Frank injury until after he was playing his the final preseason game and he's out there running around and then you tell us as a fan base as as a fantasy football prop master where we're dropping props on these players and putting our hard-earned money on it you're gonna tell us oh yeah by the way you had a Liz Frank injury forgot to tell you that, that that doesn't cut it the fan base is more embedded in fantasy football and, and dfs and, and best ball than anybody can actually emphasize now you can't even measure it because almost everybody i'd say like 80 percent of, of football watchers now participate in best ball dfs props and, and fantasy football so for a coach or a player to make a dumb statement like we don't care about fantasy football and there usually is some commenting Cliff that comes in and Cliff says, they don't care about your fantasy. It's funny that you think they care about your fantasy football. Stop saying it. No one cares about you saying that no one cares about it because we care about it and more people care about it than people think. So we don't care about you not caring. How do you like that? 
Cliff, I don't trust what I'm hearing about Najee. What I know is I saw his foot get bent back, and if that didn't re-injure his Liz Frank injury that he suffered during the offseason that they kept him out for, for, for weeks, apparently, what which isn't enough time to heal, in my mind, and I know what I'm talking about, I've got a foot model. If this man's injury which is right here in between this toe, this Liz Frank injury. It feels like your foot like separates. It, it affects the, in, the integrity of the foot and the, the arch, your explosion. Then you start babying it. Then you start compensating. And then before you know it, you injure something else because of compensation, which leads me to my next point. Even if, let's say, we were misled after the foot was bent back in week number one, and we thought, oh, he re-injured his Liz Frank. Reports suggested and confirmed he re-injured his Liz Frank. It is the same foot. It is the Liz Frank. Then we started to hear, maybe it wasn't the Liz Frank. Maybe it was just he injured his ankle or foot on the Liz Frank foot that is healed. And now it's a new injury, compensation injury. Now he's walking out there, not planting the same way. Clearly hobbled. The guy could barely walk down the tunnel after week one. And he's just going to come out and what, play on it and be fine? Yeah, right. If it was an ankle injury, then now he's still hobbled by that. There's no way he's healthy from the ankle injury that made him so he could barely walk. And that sucker was bent back good. And so my concern is if, let's say, his Liz Frank injury was not re-injured, now all of a sudden you have this guy compensating on his bad foot where he had a Liz Frank injury and Liz Frank injuries require rehab it's not like even if it's a grade one that it goes away very easily you still have pain sometimes for a little while you need to continue to rehab it ETN's rehabbing his Liz Frank still to ensure that he staves off any kind of potential pain or re-emergence of the Liz Frank so you got this guy Najee Harris out there running on his potential Liz Frank injury or an ankle that's damaged on the same foot where he's trying to make sure he doesn't have the Liz Frank injury come back. I'm out right now. I'm out. I'm going all in on Kamara's risk over this. I'm going all in on Eckler. I'm doing everything I can to add a piece or a player to Najee Harris to go get Austin Eckler, to go get Christian McCaffrey. Add in Curtis Samuel. Add in James Robinson. Add in Garrett Wilson. Add in Jeff Wilson. These waiver wire guys, you're playing with the house's money. Throw the house's money on top of Najee. Send him back and get Kamara. Get CMC. Go make your trades. You want to go lighter running back like an A.J. Dillon, then go get a Debo. Go get a Debo and A.J. Dillon. Go get a Jamar Chase straight up if you want. Maybe get something thrown in. Go get a Kyle Pitts and maybe a Debo. Go get a Devontae Adams straight up who struggled in week two. Maybe his owners are like, mm-hmm. Najee, I- I- I'm out. I don't blame anybody for staying in. And let me end this this way. Am I saying trade Najee in a bad deal? No, I am not. In fact, let me make it very clear for everybody in the back and everybody that thinks they know how I'm saying this. They're going to go make a bad trade. They're going to blame me if Najee does end up bouncing back and looking good. Do not make a trade that you aren't 100% happy with, even if Najee ends up being healthy and plays 17 games and looks phenomenal from week three on. Don't make a trade that you aren't comfortable with saying, oh, Najee did well after all. Now it's an even even trade. Do a trade that's either even if all works out for Najee and you both get what you want or you make out because Najee didn't stay healthy and you got something in return. Make sure you understand that concept before you go trading and coming back to me and saying, Smitty, did I do good? Did I do good? Najee, you are in the panic chamber. 
If you think Dalvin Cook's safe at this point, watching how that offense operates, you know, sometimes and not other times, and do they run the ball well at all? Dalvin Cook coming off a really horrible, horrible, horrible week two outing, running the ball six times for 17 yards, 2.8 a carry, and pulling in four catches for 19 yards. No touchdowns. No touchdowns on the year. 20 carries in week number one for 90 yards. That's 4.5 a pop. That's not bad. Three catches for 18 yards. Clearly, he's not being utilized like we thought he would in this Ram-style offense that's supposed to feed everybody more receptions. Clearly, they're not looking to the running back as much as we thought. And honestly, I don't think they're that efficient because they made a change to something that wasn't broken. And it was still a very good passing attack mixed with a very good run. So I wasn't as excited as everybody else to say, hey, let's make a change. Now, he can still bounce back. He's kind of a good mix of uh, the best version of a buy low and sell high. Like if you're struggling and you've got like a Cooper Cup or a Jefferson and you have to make a trade, you cannot win. You look at yourself in the mirror and you say, you filthy animal, what did you do on draft day? We can't win like this. If, if you talk to yourself while you walk by that hallway mirror and you say things like that to yourself, you need to trade Cooper Cup even if you don't want to because you can't win if you keep him. You got to play for second place. Now, if you're winning, you're 2-0, you're 1-1, but you have a really good team, why would you trade Cooper Cup, Bob? The answer is you wouldn't. But if you have Cooper Cup, you're losing, your team can't win, you're honest with yourself, you do an honest inventory, maybe you got to make a risky move. Maybe you trade Cooper Cup for Justin Jefferson for Dalvin cook and a wide receiver i smitty approved that if you're in that kind of situation where you have to take a dice roll make sure you get madison he's certainly going to remain in the panic chamber but he's a decent buy low but he's also a, a must sell if you can get out of it get into a safer eckler or a camara potentially or you could look at camara and cook kind of the same but i would go after that dylan and a big time wide receiver i talked about you get a, a Devonte adams for cook you get a debo and a dylan for Cook, you can do a lot of different things. Camara straight up, AJ Brown, and maybe a running back somewhere. All possibilities for Dalvin Cook if you want to get out of the risk and you have a potential to win by trading him. But you might have a potential to win by trading for him if your team can't win to begin with. Confused? You're in the panic chamber. That's all that matters. Austin Eckler, I mean, people are panicking, but I'm going to go ahead and say he's one of the best buy lows. Him and Kyle Pitts, and I'm going to put him down there with Kyle Pitts in a second. They're they're two of the best buy lows right now. They have a lot of upside. Their offenses uh, are different. Kyle Pitts is not in a good offense. Eckler is in a good offense, but Kyle Pitts could dominate targets if his coach wants to throw to him. Maybe he likes fantasy football next week, and, and he starts throwing to his boy, Kyle Pitts. But Eckler is one of the safest running backs to go get, especially if you want to swap out a JT, because again, you did an honor inventory you can't win with jt you must trade jt for eckler and a wide receiver you must trade jt for eckler and a wide receiver if that's you if you've got jt and your team's falling apart and you got to make a move eckler and a wide receiver is a fantastic move for somebody that owns jj or cooper cup or jt i'm not worried about eckler he's in an amazing system he's a great buy low he's always got a little bit of injury risk you've got to know that you're taking that injury risk on but i like eckler I think he, he balls out coming up in the in the coming weeks. And he'll be a guy kind of like Aaron Jones. You freaked out about for a little bit. Aaron Jones had a rough week one. Now you look at Aaron Jones like a top five running back. And you pretend you never thought different. Eckler's going to give people that same kind of amnesia come week three or four. Maybe it takes till week four. We don't know. Eckler, you are safe. 
by the way, look at this hoodie. I love Grindhouse. I, I wear this apparel all the time. I'm not just saying that because they're a sponsor. I truly, truly love putting this stuff on. My my whole family wears it. I'm not even joking. I swear to you. They sent us a box of this stuff. My daughter wears it. Miss Smitty wears it. Everybody in the house wears these hoodies. We love them. They're so comfortable, and the styles are amazing. They're all vintage hoodies and tees straight from the attic from movies from 40-plus years ago. Original prints on T-shirts and hoodies. They are amazing. Go get yourself some Grindhouse apparel. We're also, on behalf of Grindhouse, giving away one item per week. We'll probably give away one hoodie every single month and then three T-shirts the other three weeks during the month one piece of apparel either a hoodie or a shirt every single week during the season we gave away this beast hoodie jake wanted from the show and week number two the winner i'm about to announce tomorrow this reptilica shirt in the top left corner will be going to our week two winner and i'll announce on my instagram tomorrow or the next day what week number three is going to be in terms of a giveaway from grindhouse get ready for that Mixon's in the panic chamber, and honestly, until the offensive line gets fixed, it makes sense that he's in the panic chamber, but I do buy low in scenarios that I talked about earlier. Maybe you're trading away a Najee and you want to get a Mixon and maybe a small component. Maybe you could get Kyle Pitts and Mixon for a Najee and something you throw in a Curtis Samuel. While we'll buy low on Mixon in the right scenario, he is risky until the offensive line does shape up, and, and so for that reason, Mixon, you're in the panic chamber. Mooney's in the panic chamber, but don't cut him. Put him on your bench. He'll be cut, I think, more than any wide receiver that shouldn't be cut. Coming out of waiver processing for week three. So tomorrow morning or the next day, whenever your waivers process, look for Mooney to be one of the drop players and grab him and put him on your bench. It's not his fault. I'm not saying that Fields throwing the football more or the offense struggling doesn't need to be fixed for Mooney to rebound. But I do think Mooney is a great buy low or a great add if he gets dropped. So Mooney, you're in the panic chamber, but I do like grabbing you and holding you until you you get back to form, buddy. ETN, you're in the panic chamber, but we're not cutting you. We're not giving up on you. Stop cutting ETN or talking about cutting ETN. Treat him like Brees Hall. You're waiting for his rookie year to kind of flourish. This is kind of like his rookie year. Change your expectation and angle of how you're looking at ETN. He's got upside. Yes, we wanted him to blow up in week one, but like Brees Hall, we got to be patient. In the panic chamber for sure, but hold him. Trade for him. But yeah, you can panic a little bit. AJ Brown, I mean, I'm worried to a degree, but I don't think he's in the panic chamber. You know, he was in the tent uh, during the game, so I was worried about him being hurt, but you are safe, AJ Brown. And where's Eckler? Isn't Eckler supposed to be in this group right here? So there's Eckler. AJ Brown, you are safe. You are safe. Zeke Elliott, I mean, he was born in the panic chamber. You thought the panic chamber was your ally. You merely adopted the panic chamber. Zeke was born in it, molded by it. At least for week number one and and the entire 2022 season. He was a big avoid. I don't know why people were drafting him in the second and third round. The dude has mileage that no other running back in the NFL that's relevant has. He's he's had so many carries. If you include the playoffs, he has over 1,800 carries to his name in the NFL. You want to hear something crazy? Zeke Elliott is younger than Derrick Henry. That makes me want to panic on Derrick Henry even more. But Zeke Elliott has more mileage than really anybody that's relevant. He needed to be avoided at all costs. But if you own him right now, there's nothing you can do but wait on him try and have him pop off for a game or two then try and trade him off in a two for one no one's taking him one for one but if you include somebody with him maybe you trick him into thinking zeke might have more value zeke elliott you're in the panic chamber you were you never left dk 
I, I still like buying him at the right price. We're talking like J-Rob for DK. Jeff Wilson off the waiver wire for DK. I like him in that context and you put him on your bench or you keep him in your wide receiver three spot. I'm buying, but he's definitely in the penny chamber. And finally, our boy Javante Williams. Are we panicking on Javante? We're panicking on Hackett. We're panicking on the missed opportunities. Hackett is a Hackett job of a coach right now. And the offense is productive, though. Okay, they do get things done. They gave this man 11 receptions, Javante Williams, in week number one. We can't complain too much. He had a really good week one. 11 receptions. If you don't play in PPR, if you play in non-PPR, I can't help you. Your grandma plays in non-PPR. But week number one was pretty good for Javante Williams. Let's not get it twisted up. Week two, not so good. Missed touchdown opportunity. I'm currently worried about how they use him. But again, week one, 11 receptions receptions week two 15 carries to melvin gordon's 10 i'm not closing the panic chamber doors on javante i know he belongs in the conversation but i'm going to put him over here and i'm buying low everywhere i can javante you are safe and a breakout is still coming you did pretty well in week number one i'll give you credit other people might not give you credit but javante you are safe you are safe there you have it that's my week number three panic chamber list of players brought to you by grindhouse such an amazing company vintage movie tees straight from the attic movies from 40 plus years ago original prints on t-shirts and hoodies make sure you go to grindhouse g-r-n-d-h-a-u-s.com and get your apparel it's phenomenal the spider godzilla versus the thing hoodies and all these amazing just in time for halloween go get your hoodies and again, check my Instagram. We're giving away one piece of apparel every single week on behalf of Grindhouse. And don't forget to get on over to The Fantasy Football Show. TheFantasyFootballShow.com for your one-on-one text advice, your bold predictions, your rankings, your trade calculators. I have an on-demand text service at TheFantasyFootballShow.com. So you can text me on demand. Now get out of here. You are in the panic chamber. This is The Fantasy Football Show with your host, Smitty.